0: Welcome to Comadres y Comics! Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book
1: industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics,
2: fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 167. We're your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. What's up, ladies? Oh, I have some bad news, guys. Oh. What happened? I'm suffering from lethargy so
0: (laughs) I mean I had
2: such high hopes for Halloween festivities and all I've done yeah (laughs) you've been talking about that for I don't know how many episodes now yes yes oh my god I'm such a failure right now I, I don't have any energy whatsoever I don't know why the only thing I've done so far is just unpacked I haven't even set it up unpacked you know those um those kind of like those uh, decorations that need air to inflate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I have I have a pumpkin patch one, and I just unpacked it yesterday, and I set it up to see what it looks like. It looks amazing. But have I taken it outside and anchored it to the floor? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. You talk to totally me. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm hoping that the movies I'm watching, because I'm watching a lot of horror movies on the streaming platforms that they will inspire me to get out there and do something, some stuff. I mean, I haven't even started carving my Jack, um, my Jack pumpkin head thing. So yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been looking forward to this whole time. I've been robbed. I know. Okay. I have to (laughs) do it this week. I have to, um, I got, I do have my candy though. And I haven't even started uh, to unpack the, um, Dia de Muertos, um, alter stuff either like all the photo photograph frames Mm -hmm. and yeah i need to do i need to do that next week for sure like i'm just gonna have to do it like for and i wanted to do inktober that's not happening i've already missed two days (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's not too late to start i was also thinking maybe instead of calling it inktober i would call it like november drawing Time or something like just do it in November, <laughs> like, when nobody else. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's my story. What about you guys? That's funny. Well, it is October, I'm so excited. I feel like it's really funny because I do the Oogie Boogie in September because it's cheaper to do it then. So I did that September 18th. So I've already been in the Halloween spirit for a couple of weeks now. Um, I, Eddie and I used to decorate all the time in our home, but I don't even know where the decorations are, to be honest, because all of the decorations we used to use were all of our wedding decorations, because for those of you who don't know, we were married on Halloween, and we had two um, very well-decorated um, ha- Halloween, wedding, uh, <laughs> wedding. Um, what's the party, party? after? reception Reception? yeah reception there you go we had two (laughs) receptions which were actually costumed Uh, we asked that the attendees wear costumes and we had table decorations we had um, a whole bunch of centerpieces we really went all out for our decorations and we used to use those yearly for decorating our own home but over the years I got lazy and like I said I don't even know where those decorations are anymore Oh, that sucks. But it sounds exciting when you finally find them. The one thing that I did start, I got inspired because there are a lot of creators on my Facebook uh, and Instagram and TikTok that are doing some type of October drawing challenge for themselves. Um, And I'm not an artist. I'm not that creative um, drawing So that was out for me, but, um, I did kind of do a loose, uh, uh, thing where I'm starting to watch a spooky movie, um, daily. And I go out and I walk six miles on some days and that's an easy two hours where I could get a full movie in right there. So, and I just stay on the sidewalk and I And I know the course, like the back of my hand, so I'm not even paying that much attention to what's where I'm walking because I I know it. So um, yesterday, the first, I watched um, Stories to Tell in the Dark, which was a 2019 rendition of the famous YA book by Scholastic, um, full of, like, anthology, uh, Scary Stories. And uh, one of the writers is Guillermo del Toro. So that was actually really good. And today I watch Hocus Pocus 2. So we'll see if I can keep up
0: with it <laughs> for the rest of <laughs> <Nice>. the month. <laughs> how is Hocus Pocus 2? Is it good?
1: I really enjoyed it for what it was. I was telling Sarah, like, if you watch Hocus Pocus, the original, after all these years, you kind of realize how uh silly and hokey it was um and that it just kind of gained a cult following over the years and mostly because of Bette Midler and also because of how um famous Kathy Jimmy and Sarah Jessica Parker kind of got after all of that um I think their stardom was kind of um uh, not as big back then um but uh for this new one. It's a obviously a whole new storyline of how they came back, but um, I did find it Interesting it kind of jumped into it really fast in the beginning I was like wait, i I missed something here But then I kind of forgot about that and I got into it. and then once uh, you saw them three come back um, It was very entertaining to me um, but I was telling Sarah earlier that the whole the biggest uh, witchcraft of the whole movie was how um sarah jessica and uh uh kathy and um (laughs) and uh bet all look younger in this movie than they did in in the previous one (laughs) so uh i actually did enjoy it not as much singing i think that that there was in the first one but um kind of uh along the same lines where they did a couple of different uh, musical numbers
0: wait so they didn't
1: oh did okay they-
0: there i have music numbers and yeah what <laughs> oh
1: because sarah says she doesn't remember the
0: first one. Oh, okay no but like i'm curious about what you said about like did they not do like a lot of magic stuff this time around or like any of like kind of like oh, oh no it was all around magic okay Oh yeah, 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 no, 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 no. I didn't mean
1: to say that. Like that, uh, I was just making a joke. Oh, that, okay, <laughs> that, that they just looked so good. Like after it's been what twenty three years?
0: I think so.
1: Yeah, That's
0: I don't crazy. remember when was the so, first time I watched Hocus Pocus.
1: Yeah, the year that it came out, I was trying to remember um, specifically when I had seen it, but I think I was still in college. Um, but I remember I was working for the YWCA and we had an overnight, uh, event, like a camp out and we played that show because, or that movie. Yeah. It came out in 1993. Oh, wow. Told so, it told me it um, me. <laughs> um, and I just remember that we played it and then there was an earthquake and all the kids got scared. <laughs> <Nice>. Incredible. <laughs>
0: Uh, are you doing anything Halloweeny, Jen? Well, I've kind of been planning on, like, throwing a Halloween party and inviting some of, like, my college oh, cool. people that I know and, like, the neighbors so that I don't, mm-hmm. like, bug them or anything. They can be like, hey, you can't complain about the noise if you're participating in the noise. <laughs> um, um, but that involves money. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, and alcohol because it's when I say like Halloween party it's just an excuse to drink. That's what it really means. <laughs> and but then there's also the pro the whole thing is that a lot of the my current college acquaintances are underage. Oh. Mm, I might not even be able to do or I might do it, who knows, and just be like be quiet, like be cool. <laughs> for fuck's sake.
1: Allegedly, yeah. allegedly. Allegedly. What you actually mean to say is you're going to say, no. Yeah, nobody exactly. drink if you're not legal. <laughs> All right, guys. Now it's time for Cheese de
2: la Semana. And what do we have today, Kristen? well
1: it is um, the internet is all a flutter with this bit of news not so much Chemet because it's now I think official that it's happening but for those of you who <clears throat> may not know um, it came out this last week uh, that Wolverine Hugh Jackman is officially bringing his Wolverine character back Back to the MCU and it will be in the um in the form of uh the Deadpool 3 movie so um he is going to be uh bringing Wolverine back we don't know what it's going to look like we don't know how but if those of you remember um back in the day Wolver- uh, Wolverine uh, um Wolverine Hugh Jackman said that he was not going to ever play Wolverine again after Logan, which get a hold of this. Logan freaking came out in 2017.
0: Doesn't it seem like it was just out the other day? Yes. <laughs> 2017? Why? Tell me why I thought it can't have been more than 2020? Yeah, this is bullshit. Yes. I, I feel the same so uh,
1: He's literally been swearing up and down since then that he was never gonna play Wolverine again not only because he's um, Getting older but also it's a huge undertaking uh, Physically for him. I mean that is a huge thing to get into that kind of shape and stay in that shape for that role um, so but he announced that he is going to be putting on the adamantium claws again for Ooh, Deadpool 3. Wow. So um, unfortunately, we're not going to see that uh, movie until, until 2024, I believe. So we do have some time to wait, but he is already prepping and a lot of um, a lot of. People on the internet. That must have been are... one
0: hell of a blowjob, Ryan Reynolds. Give him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot of people are excited, but there are some people that are just like, "Give it up already! Just, just let it die. Just, you know, you're getting older." But to be honest, I'm really interested to see how they do this because we all know that Ryan Reynolds has such. Um, he two things. One, he has a really good sense of humor um, that. He is able to bring to the big screen um, very effectively. And number two, he is a huge, huge comic book fan. So, he has a firm grasp on um, backstory and um, different story arcs and stuff. And so, I'm interested to see how he's going to bring an older uh, Wolverine, an uh, older Hugh Jackman, into his storyline. Um, and apparently, they were saying that the, the um, way that they're able to do this, because you all know, in Logan, spoiler alert if you didn't know, in Logan, Wolverine dies. Um, but... That movie was supposed to supposedly have taken place in 2029. So this one um, is basically happening canonically before that movie so we'll see uh how it all pans out but i'm excited i'm a i'm a huge jackman
0: fan yes you are (laughs) um,
1: and i love him in that role and i'm a huge deadpool fan i really enjoyed um the movies number one more more than number two but number two definitely was entertaining as well so i'm excited to see what happens and um can't gotta wait till 2024 that's really
2: exciting. Uh, you know, like in Spanish, they call Wolverine Gepardo, but since he started making movies in the MCU, Gepardo suddenly just doesn't exist anymore. So now, I wonder what they do with like the the translated old comics where they called Wolverine Gepardo. What, what does I'm that mean? About.
1: I've never been. It heard means that Wolverine. Word. Yeah, little <laughs> <laughs> of Wolverine. Name, how you call the animal? In Spanish? Yeah. Okay. Gepardo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I haven't thought of the name Gepardo
2: in so long. (laughs) All right guys, now it's time for On My Radar. And on my radar, guys, is Hulu Ween. Ooh. ooh. ooh.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now that is spelled H-U-L-U and then Ween, W-E-E-N. And that is a um yeah, <laughs> yeah, like Halloween, but in Huluween, because this is pretty much uh, the return of Huluween on Hulu, and it basically is bringing a bunch of uh, scary and spooky uh, Halloween-y <laughs> movies and shows for us to enjoy starting October 1st. So um, there's this one I, I already binged already, it's uh, Bite Size Halloween, and I think they're releasing a third season and i think i just saw season two uh right before and they it's like 21 short stories of like like seven minutes 10 minutes and you can just get like a full like spooky story and it's really cool because you could just like so just watch them all at once. It's really cool. Also, in Halloween coming up is Hellraiser, October seventh. So I'm pretty excited about all those spooky movies that are gonna happen. And um, they make a big to do because they have their font and it changes to Halloween, and it's just really cool stuff. Uh, also on my radar is Reservation Dogs had its season two finale, um, and there was a amazing uh, last episode. Where we get um, a throwback of Tim Capello And I don't know if you guys know who Tim Capello is I didn't know him by name But I know him as the sax guy In that vampire movie from the 80s Oh um, last boys. <laughs> the last voice, yes. That uh greased up sax guy. uh he makes an appearance on the very last episode of the season two <laughs> finality of Reservation Dogs. So check that out. I was just like, oh my god. I you know, because what was that song? How does it go? Oh gosh, I forgot. Um
0: I can hear it like in the I can't head. remember. I, I can, can hear, hear it in, it in my head, head, head too. But <laughs> and it has to name. <laughs> Uh I don't uh, Lost Boy song. This is what Google. <laughs> the for. Lost Boy songs. Like, I, I still
2: believe. That's what it was. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his gyrating hips. Um anyway, so yeah, he makes an appearance so that was kind of really a lot of fun and they make a mention of it throughout the episode and um so it was just kind of a lot of fun. Um so yeah, that's on my radar.
1: So, I actually have something on my radar, a comic Ooh. book uh, in the vein of Halloween. There is a DC Horror Presents Sergeant sergeant rock versus the army of the dead number one i read it this last week it came out on uh wednesday and um it is all um taking place in world war ii where the nazis um basically okay so i think i might have mentioned this before on this podcast i'm not sure but it is begin it was a trope that i barely learned about probably like not even 6 months ago where it's actually real in World War 2 the Nazis Hitler was so crazed and and out there that and he wanted to win this war so bad that he had people researching and delving into otherworldly black magic type things. They tried to um, re- to build like Frankenstein's. They tried to do like uh, like. don't know there's all kinds of of stories out there about how that that was a thing that Hitler was trying to research to basically be on his side to win the war well the comic book industry has picked up on this and run with it I have seen comic books where um, Hitler has basically um, made werewolves I've seen ones where he's made vampires I've seen one where there's been golems I've seen a couple now where there's been zombies and that's what this book is about basically hitler and his team of evil scientists attempt a last-ditch effort that may turn the tide of the war and rewrite history it is a serum that resurrects their dead soldiers and it makes them stronger than they were in life and sends them back into the battlefield so now we get this uh, DC character, Sergeant Rock, um, and his easy company, and they have been dispatched into enemy territory to face off against the strangest, most horrific enemies they've ever encountered Nazi zombies. So that's the storyline. I read issue number one. It was actually good. I really enjoyed it, but that's not the best part of this story. The best part is who wrote this story. Horror icon Bruce Campbell. What? Oh wow! This story. So yes, none other than Evil Dead hero. Bring me my boomstick, <laughs> Bruce Campbell. That is so cool. And he actually, I don't know if he has any writing experience before this. If he's been writing comics on the download somewhere that I have no idea about, or has novels or whatever. But his writing is pretty solid and i really did enjoy this story i don't know anything about sergeant rock at all i don't read um, a lot of war comics but this was a good one and you guys all know i like horror um so the fact that it was a dc horror presents got me interested and i definitely am going to continue reading on it is a limited series i believe there's six issues um and the number one is out so the next one will be out in uh, the middle of october Oh, man, that sounds awesome. I can't believe it. That's really cool. All
2: right, guys, what time is it, Kristen? What time is it, Jen?
1: Already? (gasps) Oh, What did I even do with it? (laughs) Es la hora de De la la cervecita. cervecita. Yes. Yes. Today, Sarah has us wasting our time on a
0: Um, (laughs) 4.4% Hey, you said it, not me. You said it. (laughs) I'm just white.
1: And it is um, Drowned Lands Brewery. That's very interesting. Where is this from? I haven't even looked. Uh, It is canned in New York. New York City. (laughs) no in war warwick warwick i can't say it warwick um and it is a water elm extra crisp rice lager so i'm super interested because i remember when we were in modesto wasn't she brewing something similar with rice
2: yes that's right it was uh a rice lager but it was like still in process and right. we just got a a little taste of it yeah um so yeah we uh, just
0: got like the malt stuff so she was doing like a saporo kind of thing i remember yes. that. yeah 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 I yeah. mm-hmm. need to go back to modesto just for that <laughs> yeah. where
2: did you pick this one up sarah um i got this one at uh caps and corks um oh, okay. in torrance and the reason i got it um is because Um, You know, I always choose the stouts and all of that stuff, but I wanted it to be more like uh, us branching out into different styles of beer. And I know I'm not a fan of lagers, but I thought this was interesting because it's a rice lager, which I was kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll check that out. See what's up. It's still warm enough outside to drink a lager. So that's why it's very clear,
0: very clear. You can see my face behind the glass.
1: Oh oh my goodness, yeah, it is. I I poured mine into um, one of those uh, metal like cups, whatever, that I can't see through, so I don't even notice how light it is. It smells oh, like a cider. It does, right? So it's a Japanese rice lager-style beer brewed by the Drowned Lands, uh, and... Let's see. I'm trying to find out any more information about it. Um, But, yeah, it's so clear, and it is a lager. Um, I think it's going to be perfect for um, me today because I actually had Sapporo with my lunch today. I had a big Japanese lunch of shabu-shabu, so I'm full of meat right now. So a nice light beer is actually perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good.
2: Um, Yeah, Again, it's not my go-to. I just thought we should branch out into different taste, different styles of beer. And I am a fan of uh, Sapporo. So I thought, I'll give it a shot. So what do you guys think so far? If you would have told me this was a cider, I would have believed you.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Agree with you. Yes. Okay, so I was eating something before this. I was eating um, uh, pan dulce. Oh, so that might be the sugar or whatever that's left over. But this tastes sweet to me. It does have an
2: undertone. Yeah, 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 definitely.
0: It does to me, too. Like, I would have, I would have, it smells like a cider. It tastes like a cider. I don't know if that's what the extra crisp is. It's just whatever it is that they throw in a cider and it's been thrown in this. But it is, I would have thought this was a cider and it's, Pretty tasty, actually. It's, like, not bad. Um, uh, and it's very refreshing. I absolutely agree with
2: everything you've said. And, yes, there is kind of a sweet undertone. Not too much. Maybe a little bit more accentuated because you had pan dulce. Um, but, yes, it is really crispy and refreshing. And, yes, it has a, like, a, a very cidery feel to it, um, which I'm happy with. I'm not disappointed. I'm so glad that it doesn't lean more towards the lager taste, um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty on brand for what I'm tasting, too. What about you, Kristen? Uh,
1: so it 100% tastes like a lager to me. Um, I don't drink a lot of ciders, so I don't have a lot of reference to what you guys are talking about. <laughs> so um, the only ciders I drink are, like, the apple orchard ones or whatever. Those ones are called angry orchard. There you go, the angry orchard, um, which are just super, super, they just taste like uh, apple juice to me. Um, so, and we have gone to honest Dave a couple of times and they all just seem like sweet fruit juice to me. So this, although it tastes sweet to me, there's an underlying sweetness. It's not the kind of same kind of sweet that I taste in ciders. Um, very much light and loggery. Um, I do taste the rice. Um, I do taste that, uh, and I love white rice. So, <laughs> I Easy could just perceive. eat it. You know, you you under you don't understand how upset I was in college when I found out that eating rice made me fat. We need to eat a lot of it. I I used to just have bowls of white rice with butter. That was my meal. Oh my, oh my god. god! Oh my god! And even just even just thinking about it right now, like my mouth is watering. <laughs> um, but like when you're when you're a poor. College student like white rice and spaghetti with butter. And I really just grew an affinity for it. Like I just liked it. So and lots of pepper oh on the on the pasta. Um, but anyway, so I but I ironically enough, I don't like horchata. <laughs> because of the rice flavor. I don't know. It's weird. So anyway, I can taste it. Um, it at the the front of it I start to be like oh I'm drinking Sapporo and then at the end it like takes like a hard left and there's a whole completely different flavor so that's really uh, that's really interesting to me and it is a little bit sweet so I was trying to find if there was any information on the website of like they're brewing like any hops that they use would they use hops i guess um something more but I something. Can't, their website is really kind of um tough to navigate and i don't actually see i see tap room but i don't actually see beers on tap so i I haven't really found any information about this particular beer, but I do like it. I mean, for a four point perfect summer light, not doesn't um give you that full fi- full feeling. Um, and you definitely could probably drink multiple of these throughout the day, and not get stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the important part.
2: Okay, I think I'm ready to rate it. Um do you want to go
1: over our rating scale okay so our weight our waiting our rating scale uh is a five point scale and there is um the beginning of the scale with a very unsatisfied um we have then a two out of five which is satisfied? It's like just like whatever. I guess it's neither here nor there. Uh, but really, neither here nor there is neutral. Like three out of five is like uh, I I. You're not horribly unsatisfied. You're not satisfied. You're just in the middle. Four to five is satisfied, and very satisfied is a five. And then because um, we just couldn't let it go. Six out of five. Anything over five is super saying. So, and then uh, a 0 out of 5 is flaccid. So, um, what, what, I could start actually. Um, I'm giving it, I was actually going to go with a 3 out of 5, neutral. I could take it or leave it. But it does satisfy me. I'm going to go with a 3.5. Like I, 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 and you know me, I drink my beer with food. And this is a good with food beer so um I think I would go with a 3.5
2: okay well this is Sarah and um you know what I kept thinking while I kept taking sips of this beer I kept thinking I'd rather drink water so uh, (laughs) (laughs) I am not satisfied it's not a flaccid because I do appreciate the the notes in it but I'm I'd Uh, honestly like I'm really thinking about just leaving this behind and just drinking my my water with
1: ice oh my god Sarah rarely says that about any beer yeah yeah honestly
0: usually even like the ones that you like don't like you tough it out yeah even the ones you don't like you're like no I'm gonna drink
1: it but I have to say that for an A mostly IPA drinker, which you are, I could see why you would say that about this. Because for an IPA drinker, this has little to no flavor.
2: Yes. And uh, I I would like to make another special mention. Like, I think if I had, like, a triple IPA, I could follow it with this beer. Because it'll, like, not make me too crazy, I guess. Like, it would be a definite follow-up beer. But because I have the aftertaste of the front forward uh, flagship beer (laughs) like a triple uh, IP or something but yeah no I uh, drinking it by itself I wouldn't I wouldn't drink another can I would probably just drink my ice water but that's just me because I particularly do not like lagers but this one in particular is just kind of bland for me that it doesn't even it doesn't even inspire the effort to actually drink beer (laughs) It just kind of inspires me to go back to my water.
0: So that's my rating. What about you, Jen? So I'm enjoying it. I'm not like blown away by it because I think, I mean, like for me, like at the top, usually uh, like for beers for me are like porters and stouts. That's what I like. I like porters and stouts. Um, um, And then followed by maybe like wheat beers, like like categorizing Mm. like my own Stuff that I like, wheat beers, ciders, stuff like that. Then it would be IPAs, and then it would be like lagers and stuff like that. Or sours. Sours are all the way at the bottom. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, But I am, I like the flavor. I like that this is a cider passing beer. Um, I have had sweeter, tastier ciders, though. So, like, on that front, it's just like, eh. I'm not super blown away by it, but I am liking it as I'm drinking it. Like I'm gonna finish this because it's better than drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) Personally, Um, I will. I can treat it as water. It's a very like slightly flavorful water, Um, but it's not like super like OMG I love it. Uh, It's just like no, this is good. Uh, So I'm gonna go with like Kristen, and I'm gonna give it a three. Yeah. I'm going to give it a three.
1: And as I'm sitting here listening to you guys review it, it gets sweeter and sweeter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it definitely has a, a, a evolving flavor. Um, I you know, as lo- I, I mean, it's been sitting here. It's been aired out. It's been open. It has a slightly different flavor. Um, and I just took a sip, and I was thinking to myself, I could totally add ice to this, and it would be better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to stay cold. I, I was, ha- yeah, it does say enjoy cold right on the, can. <laughs> um, I was, yeah, keep cold. It says, um, I was thinking that same thing too, as I was sipping on it, this cup that I'm drinking out of is not doing a really good job at keeping it cold. And I was thinking I really, I, how I think I would a hundred percent enjoy this a lot more than what I'm enjoying it now is a mug fresh out of the freezer. Okay got it no yeah that makes sense completely
2: and i think it it would be kind of a nice um shandy type of beer as well Mm -hmm. so it it has its uses it has its uses yeah alone um a sadden for me anyway but that has been our beer review all right guys now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? So
0: today we are reviewing um, a book that I kickstarted and that we got and since it is the Halloween season it <laughs> is a horror book it's a Shades of Fear horror anthology and it is uh, it's an anthology series that was edited by Ashanti Fortson and Allison O'Toole it has about. I want to say. It has actually nine stories. Nine, okay. It has nine stories and three illustrations, um, uh, and the art in the the art like changes, but it's it's all very beautiful artwork. Um, uh, we have stories by Jade Zhang, Molly Mendoza, Joey San, Amber Hoff, Mar Julia, Olivia Stephens. Menz, uh Desalina Fletcher, Shannon Wright, uh, Kyrie Santalis and Tess Anelli Raid. and I think these are all probably like just like breakout artists and stuff like that. Most that's usually who like does anthology stuff. But it was successfully kickstarted um, uh, a while ago, and it is um, yeah, no, it's a uh, I think. They've already shipped the books out, but I just got the PDF for it. Uh, but what did you guys think of the of the PDF? Oh, man. Oh, my God. This is Sarah.
2: And I got to say, all of these stories have different artists and, of course, different writers. But the artwork on each and every one of these stories was superb. I mean, it was – some, and they were all different styles. And, I mean, just – oh, I can't even – I was just like – I took the time to put a, like a nice three hour block to read the book, and I was just so like happy with the book and just was uh, in love with it that I just plowed through the entire store, the entire anthology. It was amazing. the The freaking art is just so, oh my god, oh such amazing art. And so I don't know how they do it, and I gotta find out how. But like there are some art that it's like the images and then there's like other images on top but it doesn't look busy it looks just like like if you are terror you know terrified and all these all these um um all these thoughts are coming at you at once it looks like the feeling of fear it looks like the feeling of terror in a lot of these uh stories and artwork and i'm just i was just so blown away by that and then there was one story where it was like uh, the story where they were doing karaoke and um, the 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 colors were so freaking bright. They were so like kind of like 80s, 90s kind of bright, but it was so freaking terrifying and so like visual. I was just like and like I said, layers on top of layers within the art in the paneling. And it was just my God, it was just, oh, I don't know. Is it a new style? These they're you know because of course I'm sure they're using like um uh computer uh to to draw like I I don't know how to do that because I don't have a program but like you can you can layer on top of each other and you can zoom in and draw some more some more intricate things and I think that they have mastered that amazingly man it just so blew my the artwork just blew my mind and the stories I'm not gonna say I was terrified but I was just like my mouth was like a gap, like just oh my god, you got who freaking, yeah! Like, who thinks like this? Like, my god, <laughs> you guys are so freaking talented! Like, wow, like I did, I'm a, I, I love horror, and for them to take me on another different ride in horror was just like, yes, I'm here, please take me. <laughs> so, anyway, I loved it. I that's that, I, I mean, just I'm saying all of this, but I just loved it, and each story had their own kind of creepiness to it. And just, I mean, just to one of the things that, one of the ones that really stuck by, okay, so there's one about a mother who's ailing and they have a nurse that they hired to take care of her. That one was just chilling at the end. And then uh, the one about the mother and daughter interaction, uh, where there was a picture that, there was a drawing where the daughter was like chewing on her um on her cuticles and ripping them with her teeth because of the stress and i was like oh girl that's that's me that's me i do that to my cuticles all the time like and i know how stressed i am by how deep the gashes are (laughs) and how long i pull the cuticle so i was like man i felt that i was just like whoa that wow that's amazing It, it just oh it was just really great. And the very first story, I really loved it because there was a a reference to a mother that was made out of glass. And she walked down the same path within this uh, haunted house. And I was like, who thinks of a mother that is made up of glass? And the inside yeah. you could see all the blood kind of moving. Yeah. And I was like... That has a deeper level of like a deeper kind of like trauma that I know I could probably make a story behind that. But just the imagery, the artwork of showing her as glass and all her blood inside kind of moving as she as she walked down the path she takes all the time. I was just like, that was really brilliant. I have never seen anything like that. I was just really blown away.
1: I I, That's funny that you bring that up because that particular um visual also really struck me <laughs> and i was thinking the same thing this is so unique i've never seen this uh idea or like thought put on paper like this before so that's uh, interesting that you brought that up too because that was one of the, the one of the stories and one of the panels that really struck me as well um the thing that I really enjoyed about this is that it is mostly psychological horror, yes. in which it says at the end that it's an anthology of subtle psychological horror. And um, a lot of times that those are my favorite stories that I like to read. Um, and not only psychological horror, but they fo- have a focus on emotional and evocative color. So the fact that, Sarah, you're saying that just like the colors and just that, that um, visual of the glass mom and stuff is like they hit the nail on the head a hundred percent especially when their goal was emotional and evocative color it's just um, really really like reading the stories some of them I was like I think it was too psychological. I was like, I, I need to read this again because I'm not sure what I'm reading, but I still feel creepy reading
0: it. Something
1: <laughs> um, is bugging me. But um, mm-hmm. what I really enjoyed was that the stories uh, and what they say is that the stories will show you the horror of loss and sacrifice of what lurks in liminal spaces, and of the unknowable that lies just beyond the veil. Like, even mm-hmm. just reading that sentence is creepy to me. And the stories all hit that um, hundred, that target 100%. Um, and there was one story, I don't remember which one it was, I didn't, um, because there's the names of the stories in the beginning, but I didn't go back to match them to what they were. But there was one where... It's a, it's a young woman by herself.
2: Um, Is
0: it the one where think, she's
2: kind of an android or kind of like a no,
0: or like the the card the cardboard figures? I oh gosh, I don't remember
1: which, one. or maybe it was even I don't know. But I have to go back and look. But it it seemed like the story itself was like a uh, visual and story representation of like depression. Um, and I can't remember which one it was now. I have to go back and look, but it just, and it was so like, Oh yeah. The one with the sweater. Yes. yes. The oh sweater. my gosh. Yes, that was yes. so
2: amazing. Yes. Oh yes. Like it, it takes you on a journey where like, you know that she doesn't like to be outside at all and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. Uh, like the sweater representing her g- going within herself and she's like i never want to leave and it's like yeah.
0: dude it's a um, uh, strawberry kiwi ah okay it's yeah yeah
2: oh my yeah strawberry oh, kiwi oh that was that was freaking deep dude i was just yeah. like oh my god they really captured kind of like the sensation like that you don't want to leave your house it i feel that that was actually written during covid like this is what i i totally like felt like it was just really really well done that was amazing and the the art in that one was really amazing as well. Just was, I mean, honestly, the art in all of those am- were amazing in their own way. And, but that one, I had like these really true feelings when I was reading that one. Yeah. And then the end, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like it fucked me up a little bit.
1: <laughs> yes. The, the sweater one definitely was the one I was talking about. Cause I'm looking at it right now and just, um, the the visual of of her just wanting to go deeper and deeper into that sweater and that like the how the artist is showing how there's this whole other world uh in there um and just really creepy like (laughs) the the art even though it's like all bright pinks and reds it's really
2: creepy yeah and i think that's one of the things i loved about this kind of horror anthology is just that all the drawings have like bright colors and everything but it is still creepy as fuck i mean we don't need like an entire page of black with like red eyes i mean this one has like a really amazing color palette and yet it just chills you to the bone just oh oh man I mean, the, the very last one about the shooting in the liquor store and the guilt that that uh, character is feeling. And you see it and the, the, the visuals of the art and the paneling really show you where uh, that emotion, that horror that she relives is coming from. It's completely guilt, complete guilt. And I just felt that. I felt that so hard just oh these ones they're oh just amazing 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 I, i i i'm at a loss i'm just like this is just so good just so
0: good oh anyway jen you you go ahead <laughs> well i'm glad you both uh liked them uh and as kristen was saying yeah on their um, kickstarter page and i remember when i first uh saw it and backed it and i think it was i also used it uh uh, for my in la Librería in one of the previous episodes as well. The color, the original, like, cover art and the color for it as well were what captured my interest because in their campaign, they said that it was intentional, that they were kind of, like, pushing the boundaries of color and, like, kind of, like, color theory as well. Not, um uh, like, not only... Thematic, like theme-wise, like the shades of fear, like the different aspects of fear and like their nuances and stuff like that, was a pu- a push for their writers. But the color and the artwork was a push for the artists as well. Um, uh, and if they happen to be both of them, then yes, uh, it was um. Uh, so it was definitely um uh, a very kind of new inquisitive piece because you're right i haven't seen anything like this i think the closest that i can kind of say i've seen something like this is maybe like uh through the woods um uh the like a uh, ya horror series uh, uh we ran it a long long time ago uh i forget her name it's M- emily
1: or something like that. That sounds familiar. I have to look it up. But yeah, I haven't been able to get uh, hold of that book, and I don't know how long it's just been out of um, out of print, out of stock. I don't know um, if they're ever going to do another one. But yeah, that one was really good.
0: Yeah. Oh, but yeah, by Emily Carroll. Carroll. That's there right. There we go. Yes, by Emily Carroll. Um, so it kind of gave me those vibes as well because there is like some gore. There's definitely some like kind of like there there is um uh, all the way towards the um, uh, the back of the book, but you see in the uh, in the table of contents uh, content warnings and stuff like that. And I do appreciate that and the fact that they put it towards the end of the book, so you can kind of like you're not you're not spoiled by anything and stuff like that so that was an interesting concept but it was very it's a very creative very artistic um uh kind of a take on the horror and the like the psychological horror uh aspect and i i really like that i mean to me the one that i like the most the most was uh the story about the girl in the church oh yes, mostly because Anything that's about religious trauma, I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel that. (laughs) Um, um, Yeah, uh, The Hue of Heaven. Yeah, that one. That one I was just like, ooh, man. (laughs) That's something all right. Also Bellies. Uh, That one was also... Because the artwork was just like white and like shades of yellow, and it's just like at first, like looking at it, it's like it's like very pretty. It's only until later that it's just like, hey, this is like kind of like the color of vials Yeah, uh, yeah. So that one was that one was very, very, very visceral. Uh, but those were the two that like really captured my my interest. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, right now the book is only available for pre-order from Balustrade Press. Uh, So you can uh, pre-order it uh, from balustradepress.gumroad.com. And Balustrade is spelled B-A-L-U-S-T-R-A-D-E-P-R-E-S-S.gumroad.com. So you can... um, uh, it is in Canadian dollars. It's fifteen Canadian dollars, so which means it's gonna be like thirteen or fourteen dollars, maybe uh, U.S. price. Uh, and the um, by ordering from Gun Road, you are like directly like paying the the publisher uh, for it as well. Uh, you can also just go to Kickstarter, and it can redirect you uh, towards the link to pre-order the book, uh, and it. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be uh putting out any more physical copies. It's just gonna be the PDF or the ebook version.
2: Wow. Well, it's really amazing. I'm so glad you let us read this because it, it totally freaked me out on some of these stories. And some of these were just so just like there were so many emotions pulled out, like desperation, stress, uh, guilt. Uh man, it was just really amazing. Just amazing. Are you ready to
1: actually rate it? Yes
0: yeah or christine did you want to add
1: more about the book no i just i mean a, a lot of the stories that you guys were all talking about i really enjoyed the one with the the mother too sarah was one of my favorite ones i kind of called it though at the beginning <laughs> but <laughs> um, but that one was really good i really enjoyed that one too but i really did enjoy the uh, colors and the art and um i i really like uh anthologies um i like that it's all horror i like that it was all psychological horror so this particular uh book was right up by alley so yes i'm also ready to rate it
0: also just a side note that i realized but i find it funny which of the like stories it is that we found like more interesting kind of reveals a little bit about like our own Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And mom's me and religious trauma, like, ooh, flavor. We're not gonna examine it, but flavor. <laughs> but yes, let us read the book.
2: Uh, yes, uh, this is Sarah, and I'm gonna give it the whole panaderia. It was just exactly what I needed to get into the Halloween spirit. Yeah, the artwork makes me want to learn more about this art style and like layering, and even the use of like such vibrant color and telling a horror story. Mm-hmm. That's something that I would have n- never attempted or even thought of. So that was just a beautiful revelation, and just. Such beautiful artwork, and they took it to the freaking next level. And they took me on the trip with them, <laughs> so
1: it's the whole panadria for me. Awesome. Well, I'll go next. This is Kristen. Um, I also am going to give it the whole panadria. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, there was a time where I only read horror, and so this definitely, just like Sarah said put me into the halloween spirit i think actually uh, i read it on friday no i read it yesterday um and i think it was what um prompted me to start watching the the spooky movies because i was enjoying hey. being uh, in that vibe so uh the whole panaderia for me and um definitely i i know that you said they weren't giving them a, or they weren't offering them anymore but i'd love to have an actual physical copy of this and see it the book printed and the colors in my hand that way that I think that would be
0: cool. Maybe emailing cause usually um um uh, what happens with like print runs is that there's always a bad batch. Uh, uh-huh. Um uh, or there or they get they have to order over what they can get of like what um uh what they have so they have like other like syllable copies them, um, they might take like to a convention or something like that. So, I definitely recommend emailing uh, Allison O'Toole and asking if there are any copies or any bad oh, okay. batches. Interesting, um, yeah. um, and you might be able to get a physical copy. Oh, cool! Uh, it ne- it never hurts whatsoever. Thing yeah. they can say mm-hmm. no, um, uh, and see if you can get yourself a physical copy because it was um, uh, they did make a point of saying that it was going to be printed on a very fine uh paper. Oh. So, yeah. So, or like a kind of textured uh, paper. Mm-hmm. So, I want to know how that would make the artwork yeah. change or if it would give it a kind of different look yeah. uh, than what we saw on the digital copy. So, I, I would highly recommend uh, doing that. Um, so, my rating is also going to be The Entire Panaderia. It was a great uh, book. I'm really glad I backed it. Uh, once again, my choices is superior. <laughs> um, uh, but I highly recommend picking it up for yourselves. And you, like like I said, if you're not, like, you're not feeling into the Halloween spirit yet, or if you, like, kind of want to participate in the Halloween stuff, but don't want to, like, do something, like, super spooky or, like, super gory. Because there was, there was, like, some, like, some, like, uh, there was one story about the lady and, like, sacrifice and stuff like that. That one, uh, that one did freak me out. Yeah. And, like, in a way that more, like like, oh, like... Like, ooh, like <laughs> I don't know. Like, we're not gonna examine this because I think it touches on something that I don't want to think about. Um, um, but that one was like a little bit gory, but like I said, the book does have content warnings, mm-hmm. so you can always go ahead and see. Like, am I okay with this? Because there are some that have like no like blood or stuff like that. Yeah. They're just psychological, mm-hmm. uh, and if that's your that's your shtick, then I highly, highly recommend this book. And, uh, so I think. That does it for our book review, the entire panadería from all three of us. <laughs> Damn, they swim in bread.
2: All right, guys, now it's time for En La Librería. What do you have for
0: us today, Jen? So today I have for you Anansi's Tapestry of Li- of Lives. Ooh. So it is um, a, a TTRPG. Uh, things so kind of things like D and D, uh, or like a uh, Pathfinder and stuff like that. It is 320 page. It is over 320 pages with a hundred, uh, over a hundred illustrated NPCs paired with voice acted monologues. Oh, wow. And includes stat blocks, magic items, side quests, um, uh, tokens, and more. And it is fifth edition, uh, compatible. Uh, and it so this can be like played in and of by itself, or it can be an addendum to, like, D&D campaigns or Pathfinder campaigns and stuff like that. Um, So right here, it's uh, made by NeverEnding, Inc. uh, And they have teamed up with a bunch of prominent D&D and TTRPG creators like Keith Baker, Jasmine Bellar, Jim Zub, uh, Tanya DePass, and Ed Greenwood uh and this is kind of what they have right here on their uh campaign page and it says anansi's tapestry of lives reduces your game prep enriches your game world and increases your fun for you and your players uh it and they have um uh, some of the like art temples on here and it's very very uh nice very detailed art that you would expect kind of from these like dnd style uh things So Anansi's Tapestry of Lives is a 320 plus page compendium centered around over 100 fully illustrated unique and useful NPCs. Each NPC is paired with a professionally voice acted monologue to kick off the action and delight for you and your players. We include loads of stat blocks, magic items, roll tables, inventories, story tables, and side quests. While all of our mechanics are compatible with D&D 5th edition, Anansi's content is primarily story-driven, making it suitable for any other fantasy tabletop role-playing game. With stretch goals, we could hit over 360 pages. Bonus, fully compatible with Shard Tabletop. Sorry, I don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) But if you do, now you know it's fully compatible with uh, Shard Tabletop. And if they hit their stretch goals, uh, they will be, they will unlock more integrations with this other kind of stuff. Um, so they have a bunch of, like, examples. It seems, like, really inclusive. And the artwork seems, like, really nuanced and, like, really, really cool. This thing is, like, is packed. Um, and apparently, a critical role guest stars in oh, parts cool. of the game. Yeah, so they have some of their characters on there. Um, I think what's really cool about this is that the fact that they have teamed up with voice actors mm-hmm. to like, and like with like an app or something like that, or like a, their website where you can like hear the monologues of the NPCs and stuff like that. That is cool. Uh, base pledge—you can always uh, pledge without expecting a reward. You just kind of want to support. But base pledge starts at five dollars, uh, and this is just kind of like to show your support, uh, and you kind of get your name on like the thank you page of the website. At thirty-two dollars, you get the PDF of the uh, of Anansi's uh, tapestry of lives. And then at $60, you get the hardcover and the PDF. So this is actually about average price for, like, a D&D book. Especially an oversized book. Like, the average D&D book is about $50. Yeah. With the bigger ones coming out to a little bit like a little bit more. Especially, like, special editions and stuff like that. And the fact that this is $60, uh, and I believe it... Okay, it, it, this includes the hardcover, the PDF... 12month access to the never-ending TTRPG and storyteller tools uh, and you can customize your add-on so you get a choice of what it is that you want to uh, that you want to get and then there is another version that is still60 dollars you just get a um, uh, uh, this one is to donate. So you get the PDF, but the hardcover book is donated uh, to like a school or to like a program and stuff like that. It says we will donate a copy of the standard hardcover version of the book uh, in your name to a library or school in a low-income neighborhood. So that's really cool. So you can still get like the rewards and stuff like that. Uh, And then at $68, you get the all digital rewards. So you get the book, you get a journal of Places, So this is just another addendum. The NPC voices app, uh, tokens, virtual tokens for this, and there is there's a lot. It gets more into detail, and you can get more rewards and stuff like that. And it gets really hefty. But if TTR uh, or like RPG, TTRPG tabletop role playing games are your thing, or if you want to see something that's like pretty. Dope, diverse and like pretty like thick and it seems to be very well curated i think this is uh something to like back and they've already hit their goal of twelve thousand dollars oh wow uh yeah they are currently at forty six thousand dollars with uh yeah forty six thousand sixty nine dollars with 514 backers and 24 days to go uh on here which will probably last by the time this comes out uh but you still you still have time uh And I'm pretty sure it will be available afterwards, just perhaps not for kind of like the special like Kickstarter price. Um, So it is Anansi's Tapestry of Lives on Kickstarter. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not into role playing, but Anansi,
2: the spider. That's not what (laughs) Frank (laughs) says. Oh, Right. Uh, but yes, that sounds really amazing. Thank you so much, Jen. Alright, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. What do you have for us today,
1: Kristen? So it is October and I know a lot of people um really uh, relate October to uh, National Breast Awaren- Cancer Awareness Month, but it is also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And um, it's that is something close to my heart in that I worked in the field for a very long time. And there is an organization that I worked with that uses art as a healing tool, and it is called A Window Between Worlds. And um, they are an organization that views art as a catalyst to releasing trauma, building resilience, and igniting social change. When individuals create art in a safe community, they can be heard and respected, replacing violence and shame with safety and hope. Their mission is to empower individuals and communities impacted by violence and trauma through a transformative healing arts program. And when I worked in uh, the domestic violence field, I worked in domestic violence safety shelters, and I actually was a trained... um, uh, group facilitator for A Window Between Worlds for both adult women and for the children's group. And the impact that I saw this program have on the families in the shelters was just amazing. So um, I would love to share this program with you you can go to awbw.org, and there are many ways to help if you would like to volunteer for window between worlds um, you actually can volunteer um, worldwide Uh, if there is a shelter in your area that provides um, services you can see if they have a window between worlds um, at their site or if they're interested in having it and then you can be trained and be a facilitator for that. Um, The training does happen in Venice, California. I know sometimes they go out throughout the country and do their trainings as well, but um, you can find out uh, when a training is coming to you. Um, You can do a donation online. You can do either a one-time gift or give monthly. Um, They also, um, from what I remember in the past, take donations of art supplies. So if you have art supplies that you just want to donate somewhere that you know is going to really get use of them, you can reach out to a window between worlds and see if they, um, take them. They, um, do a lot of community, uh, uh, events and, um, like I said, I just have first-person experience with um, just the, the positive impact that it has on families uh, and individuals impacted by violence. So um, A Window Between Worlds, um, specifically using art to um, release trauma, and I definitely wholeheartedly fully believe in that. So definitely check them out.
2: That's wonderful. I'm really glad that they're able to accept donations of art supplies um, instead of like, you know, sometimes you say, okay, well, I'll give whenever I have extra money left or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But like, there's a lot of people who like dive into art projects and then never use their stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I would, I would, um, it would be great for them to donate to this cause. And I think it's really wonderful the work these people are doing and the fact that you can volunteer uh, around the world is amazing as well. All right, guys, now it's time for Saludos. And Saludos goes out today to Valeria Ontiveros. Now, Valeria Ontiveros is the artist for uh, uh, the comic book. Well, she's an artist in general, just an artist. She's available for commissions, but she is the artist behind Gordo, the Teenage Flying Saucer. And uh, they're actually getting ready to launch a Kickstarter uh, for issue number two coming up pretty soon. But the reason we're giving Saludos to her is because uh, she is drawing uh, for Inktober, which is every day in October. She's she's actually gonna draw. Um, the the, uh, the characters of Gordo the Teenage Flying Saucer alongside other characters oh, um, cool. in the comic book industry. So we, the first one, which was October 1st, is uh, Gordo um, the Teenage Flying Saucer with Batman. Oh, uh, and cool. Tim- <laughs> I know, that's so Actually, cool. Actually,
1: I think I saw that, but I didn't realize that's what she was doing. That's funny. Yeah, and so this, uh,
2: the second day, it's Steven Universe. So I don't know who Steven Universe is, but uh, she's doing these cute collab drawings for Inktober. And um, if you want to follow her work and follow these wonderful paintings, she's going to display for the month of October. It's uh, at Valeria underscore art underscore brewery 76. Again, that's Valeria underscore art underscore brewery 79 76 i'm sorry Uh, or you could also follow uh gordo the teenage flying saucer i believe they also have an instagram account but i also wanted to know what the real question the real important uh me is she has a brewery in her name on instagram and i want to know do you own a brewery do you go to breweries and draw do you like (laughs) beer can we hang out at a brewery like i I just feel like there's a lot of (laughs) questions i have regarding that but um already you want to be an honorary (laughs) right yes definitely so uh saludos goes out to the gordo the teenage falling saucer team and good luck on your upcoming kickstarter campaign for issue number two and also please follow valeria antiveros and her wonderful inktober collab with other comic book characters that she's going to be uh releasing every day for the month of october thank you so much all right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode.
1: Uh, where can they find us, Kristen? You can find us at commoditycomics.com, where you can find links to all of our uh, social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're also on um, the TikTok. Uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, you can email us at commoditycomics, no, commoditycomics at gmail.com
2: yes and also remember we have a youtube channel and you can like and subscribe and then check out all these wonderful interviews we do with other comic book creatives we have yet to record a new episode but it's in the works guys I promise Um, but thank you so much for listening we have been your hosts I'm Sarah I'm Kristen and I'm Jen bye guys Bye. bye
0: And that's on period. Network.